OK, okay I'm going to go straight, straight into, into it uh, this morning. Uh, uh, question, question for you, who is feeling dangerous today? Good for you. Do you know, you know by, by the time, time we finish praying all these dangerous prayers, I'm convinced, convinced that the enemy is going to be quaking in his boots. We've done that. Three dangerous prayers so far. This is going to be week four. Next we have three, three week five. Okay. And then I'm going to do one more after that and we'll move on to something different, I think. Hopefully dangerous still. Um, today's prayer is, Lord, use me. You know, you know, I'm, I'm sure, sure this is a prayer that we all pray. I'm convinced that, that, that deeply ingrained in all of us is that desire to serve God and to, and to please God. Dare I say to make our, our Heavenly Father the proud of us. Of course, we're all, we're all wired differently. We all have diverse gifts and passions. We're all called to serve in varying ways. But we are all called to serve. Jesus described us, uh, didn't we, as branches on the vine. And the purpose of those branches is, is to bear fruit. The good news is that the Lord has skillfully given you exactly what you are going to need to do what he's calling you to do. Few quick Bible passages that, that underpin all of that. Firstly, Ephesians 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Universal call to us as believers. Uh, second one is 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, Luke 10, verse 2, Jesus told them, the harvest is plentiful, remember this one, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. What do we learn from these three passages? Number one, that God has works of service preordained just for you. In 1 Peter 4, secondly, we learn, learn that each of us is gifted to serve. And each of us is responsible to be, to be good stewards of the gift or the gifts that God has given you. And the third one there from, from Luke 10 is that God is sending you. And you know what? Actually, you might just be the answer to someone else's dangerous prayer. And of course, there are many other passages that we could have looked at through, through the Old Testament and the New Testament, through Jesus' teachings and through the epistles, with very similar messages to those. And I suspect we all get that, which leads me to, to the usual question, which is this, why is this particular prayer a dangerous prayer? Lord, use me. 
What's the catch? What's, what's just beneath the surface of that prayer? You know, I think it's easy to roll that prayer off your tongue. You know, it sounds holy, it sounds worthy. It sounds like the, the, the sort of thing we certainly ought to be praying. But you know what, in reality, that this prayer is actually far deeper. It's far more meaningful and indeed far more dangerous. I've got three thoughts that, that we're going to delve into today. Three elements, if you like, that, that lie just beneath the surface of, of what appears a simple, straightforward prayer. I'll tell you what they are first of all, and then we'll go through them one by one. The first one is, is this is a dangerous prayer because the answer will have to be on his terms, not yours. We'll unfold these one by one. Number two, this is a dangerous prayer because God's positive answer is going to necessitate a refining of your character. Oh, this is a little bit dangerous. And the third one, this is a dangerous prayer because in praying this prayer, you are coming out from behind the parapet and you are stepping onto the front line where the heat is hotter and the stakes are higher and the opposition is greater. Okay, one by one. Then the first one, Lord, use me is a dangerous prayer because it will have to be on his terms, not on yours. Now, in the actual, the actual word of that prayer, Lord, use me, very, very simple English lesson here, apologies. I'd like you to know who, who is the subject of that sentence and who is the object. Lord, use Obviously, God is going to be the one doing the using. He's the subject. And you are going to be the object that is being used. Which by definition means that he's in charge. And that he is leading and that it's going to be him setting the terms. Actually, you know what? This is, this is really good news. Have you, have you ever tried flipping that prayer the other way around, in which you become the subject and God becomes the object? Be honest, that's exhausting. You know, the prayer, Lord, use me, is very, very different to the prayer that I am going to try to use you. Because in that case, it becomes about, about your plans and your agendas, it also depends on your efforts and your resources. And you know what? That is exhausting. That's what we call religion. Plus, frankly, it just doesn't work very well. You know, don't, don't be tempted to try to invoke the name of God to validate your ideas or, or to increase your perceived authority as though God is, is somehow obligated to follow you around, making you look good, blessing your wonderful ideas. That's seriously upside down, whether we do it on purpose or whether we do it without realizing it. We must make sure that we get the subject and the object the right way around in this prayer before we start. Lord, use me. More good news for you. His way 
is guaranteed to be better than yours every time. Now, in saying that, I don't wish to be mean. I don't want to decry your best efforts, but he is God and you are not. That revelation, you know, in itself is just incredibly releasing. He is the boss. He is in charge. He gets to lead and our responsibility is simply to follow. And let's think about it. Why wouldn't we want to follow his leading? After all, by definition, it's divinely inspired. It knows the beginning from the end. It contains supernatural power. And doing it his way, following his leading, is where the anointing One more quick thought on this before we move on. If you're expecting it to be on his terms, that also means that you must be ready for his timing. Uh, I think we're probably all experienced enough to know that, that God very often seems to work in unexpected and apparently unscheduled ways. Here's the question. As you pray this prayer, Lord, use me, are you willing to tolerate inconvenience and interruption. At the end of the day, we want divine appointments, not merely the fruit of our own good intentions. And of course, divine appointments are fantastic. God putting two people in the room at the same time, a, a coincidental crossing of paths. You know, and as you look back, you can clearly see how God was in that, how he orchestrated and planned that. Jesus, of course, had numerous such encounters. And each time it produced powerful, wonderful results. Think of Zacchaeus up the sycamore tree. Think of the woman at the well. What a coincidence. That woman happened to be there just the same time as Jesus needed a drink and she was drawing water from the well. What a coincidence. What we call a divine appointment. Think about the woman with the issue of blood who just happened to be there tugging on the skirts of Jesus' garment. What about the demoniac legion? In that account, they, they, they travel across the lake to the eastern shore to this strange little place with numerous different names that everyone changes, beginning with G, Gadarenes, Gergesenes, all sorts of places. He just seemed to go just for this one person, this one encounter. And the point is that all four of those were divine appointments. Each one of them was an interruption. They were all in powerful encounters where the Father was able to use Jesus incredibly powerfully and effectively. And of course, we know that Jesus prayed the prayer, Father, use me, every single day. John 6, verse 38, little verse says, Jesus speaking, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. So are you ready to be interrupted? Be ready for a spot of inconvenience or, or redirection or maybe the unexpected. 
Do you think of yourself as a willing tool in the Lord's hands rather than the other way around? Because if you really want to pray the dangerous prayer, Lord, use me, that's what it's going to look like. Okay, number two. Lord, use me is a dangerous prayer because it is going to necessitate a refining of your character. Everyone give me a smile. Say, refine away, Lord. The more the merrier, the hotter the better. No, no. Okay, have you heard, have you heard this question? Will your character sustain you where your gifts might take you? It is the idea. Your talent can take you to the top, but if you're not prepared for what's going to happen when you get there, the danger is it all comes crashing down. How many leaders have we seen fall because of character flaws? You know, maybe their, their charisma brought a rapid promotion, but some combination of ego or, or pride or lust or greed brought it all crashing down again. So if you're going to pray this dangerous prayer, you've got to be prepared for the Lord to send you to character refinement school. I think I wanted to call it character finishing school, but I'm not sure we ever get finished, so I decided not to. And, and if he sends you to that school, it may well be that the fire gets a little hotter for a while. You may experience the, the potter smoothing off some of the rough edges on your lump of clay. He may need to take you into the valley so that he can prepare you for the mountain. This, of course, is just a little bit dangerous. Oh, I'm so looking forward to next week. Looking at Tree, smiling at me. I hope I'm not breaching your message here. <laughs> just laughing at ugly cookies. Okay, for example, God cannot and will not bless self-sufficiency. Are you prepared for that to be squeezed out of you at character refinement school? Here's the verse, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace. Not your wonderfulness, not your gifts, not your talents, not your self-sufficiency. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The more powerful, more strong, more wonderful we're trying to be, the less likely we are to be looking for that power coming through. Therefore, Paul said, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses that Christ's power may rest on me. How's your, how's your integrity? How willing are you to cut corners to get the job done? Psalm 25, 21, may integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. What, what's your relationship between, between truth and lie? Or, or part truth? Or, or white lie? Or, or maybe a little bit of exaggeration. Proverbs 12, 19, truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. How do you do with pride? Might, might he need to humble you just a little bit at character refinement school? You know, you're going to hit 
a few roadblocks on the way if you insist on you getting the credit? Does the praise of your peers tickle you just a little bit more than it should? 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6, we're going to come to this later. God opposes the proud. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And then finally, what about, what about compassion? Do you ever leave any casualties in your enthusiasm to serve the Lord? Does grace sometimes get overlooked in the pursuit of your just cause? Colossians 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So if you're going to pray that dangerous prayer, you've got to be prepared for the Lord to send you to character refinement school. I have three quick hot tips to help you with this one. Letter A, first one. Stay open. Stay open. Stay consecrated. Stay on your knees, the best posture you can operate in. Stay wide open to the Lord's work in your heart. Don't just, don't just ignore the lessons. Don't just medicate the pain. Don't just circle round and round the same mountains. Cooperate with what the Lord is molding and refining. So tip number one is stay open. Number two is make sure that you're also prepared to pray the other dangerous prayers. You know, they all work together. God will not be able to use you to the full extent if you're not also prepared to pray, Lord, change me. Or, or Lord, empty me so you can fill me. Or dare I say the first one, uh, week one, which was, if it be thy will, not my will, but yours be done. So number two, make sure you're, you're constantly prepared. Much as we love to pray, Lord, use me. Make sure you're also prepared to pray those other prayers. The number three, very simply, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. So when push comes to shove, at the end of the day, when you need it the most, when you get squeezed, it's his holy and godly character that shines through rather than your own flawed, dare I say, insufficient nature. So it's always, what would Jesus do? It's always, what would Jesus say? It's always, how would Jesus respond? always drawing from that, that deep well of grace and compassion and power that's in there because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside. Okay, number three. Number three, Lord, use me is a dangerous prayer because in praying those words, you come out from behind the parapet, and that's that castle, the crookedy, squarey bits, love the technical terms, you know, poking out behind the parapet. And stepping out instead onto the front line. And on the front line, the heat is hotter and the stakes are higher and the opposition is greater. 
Have you ever felt under attack? Isn't it amazing how, how whenever you seem to step up, the heat seems to get hotter? It's almost uncanny. Perhaps, perhaps you found that the last time you, you volunteered to serve at, at a big event or, or to lead your connect group or, or, or to get involved in a new program or activity, that, that for the 24 hours around that, all hell seemed to break loose. There's a saying, which I don't particularly like, which is new level, new devil. You heard that, you old schoolers? New level, new devil. Now, now the reason I don't like that saying is because actually it's the same old stinky devil. And actually, he has no new tricks. But, if you pray this dangerous prayer, he is going to push back. And he is going to push back hard. And he's going to push back on all the same old wounds and vulnerabilities and dig up those little shortcomings. Remember the verse, John 10, verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give them rich a rich and satisfying life. So the reality is, folks, if you have vulnerabilities, if you have battle scars, wounds, if you have any chinks in your armor, so to speak, the enemy will attack them, even while the Holy Spirit is deep at work healing and restoring those very areas. And you know what? This is a huge part of the spiritual battle you sign up to when those words, Lord, use me, come out of your mouth. So if that's the case, you need to make sure of these three things. Number one, I'm going to go through these in a little bit of detail, just a minute. Number one is you need to make sure that you have a support structure of prayer and accountability. Number two, you must be strong in the word and the number three, seen this one before, you must be serving from a posture of humility rather than pride. Quick passage, 1 Peter 5, verse 5. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Verse 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Number one, you must have a support structure of prayer and accountability. What did verse 9 say? It said, resist him. Resist who? Resist that, that, that roaring lion who's looking for someone to devour. But it says, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. 
You know, Peter tells us that there's a family of believers out there in a similar boat and on the same journey. You know, we're not called to do any of this alone. I think when you pray, Lord, me, use me, you're also praying, Lord, use them and them and them as well. We know, don't we, that, that isolation is a very dangerous place because people get devoured. I've seen several times, I've seen people step out on their own against advice without any form of spiritual covering. And I've seen them get munched. Jesus, the question, who's in your corner? Who is by your side? Who is, who is cheering you on? Or maybe even, dare I say, holding you back. Number one, because you're stepping out from behind the parapet into the front line, you are going to need to have some support structure. You're going to need to have some people praying for you. You have to be some people that you're accountable to, that you're talking to, that you're in relationship with, that you're walking together. Number two, this point could be in every message ever preached by any preacher ever, anytime ever, which is you must be strong in the word. Amen. We know, don't we, that the word is our sword. And there is a spiritual battle dimension to this. We are going to need our sword. Again, verse 9, resist him, standing firm in the faith. Right, quickly, how did Jesus resist the enemy at his temptation? Very simply, three words. It is written. He quoted scripture and he pulled out his sword and he cut down the enemy's lies and he disempowered those temptations at root goes without saying, you must know how to wield your sword. That's why it's always crucial that we are in the word so we can get the word deep into us as we get deep into the word. Okay, and then number three, finally, we're nearly done. Uh, we must be serving from a posture of humility rather than pride. You know, in, in this context, pride is like is like sticking a, a large kind of come get me sticker in the middle of your forehead. Proverbs tells us, of course, that pride comes before a fall. We've probably all been there. But we know, don't we, that pride opens the door to the enemy. It opens the door to sin and error. Go back, right back to even the Garden of Eden. We know that pride takes our eyes off relying on God and subtly seduces us into starting to rely on self. And of course, as Peter teaches here, pride is resisted, but humility is graced. All of you, verse 5, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Again, here's the danger. You can lift yourself up. But the danger is you do not have the character 
to keep you on the wobbly pedestal of your own creation. The danger is you do not have the wherewithal to resist the enemy when he inevitably attacks. And the danger is all you get is, is the fruit of your flesh. And be warned that all of that may well come crashing down around you. Okay, time for the challenge. Have I put you off? Of course not. Well done. But at least now you'll know exactly what you are praying. And frankly, this is a prayer that every Christian should pray every day. So today, will you, will you pray that dangerous prayer with me again today? Lord, use me. And if so, there's just three questions you need to take before the Lord that they're not going to come as a great surprise. Number one, are you prepared to serve him on his terms or yours? You might want to look and consider and pray about how you are serving God right now and ask you, am I really doing this on his terms? Is this really about him? Have I subtly, maybe accidentally, just kind of twisted a little bit to make it a bit more about me and a little bit less about him? Because if you actually want to really genuinely pray the words, Lord, use me, you're asking it to be on his terms. That's question number one. Question number two is, are you prepared to go to character refinement school? To which part of me would say, tough, because you're going. Anyway, <laughs> that's the journey we're all in with the Lord. But hey, it's so much better if we go there willingly, and we go there openly, and we go there cooperatively. It may well be right now that the heat is a little bit hotter. Maybe there is something being tweaked and twisted and refined and molded right now. Be aware of that. Attend to that. And then question number three is, are you prepared to pay the cost that potentially comes when you step onto the front line? And hopefully today I've given you a little bit of advice to make you stronger, make you a little bit more safe and secure as you take that step. I think those are three poignant questions. I'd invite you, please, to, to take them to the Lord this morning. And we're going to pray that dangerous prayer together any second. Now, if the worship team would like to come forward, that would be great. I think I might have lost my earpieces down here. It's become a tail. So I might just have a little bit of a redirection here. Excuse me. You get me in a massive great pickle. Let's pray. When you stand... Let me distract you from looking at me in the pickle here. I'll pray and then, um, and then we'll respond in worship. So, Father, we do want to pray that prayer. Lord, would you use me? So I look across this hall at my brothers and sisters. Lord, genuinely, would you use them for your glory? Every one of them has passions and desires and gifts and callings. And every one of you has, every one of them has, has stepped out in the past and maybe has something tugging on them right now. And, and Lord, every one of us prays this prayer over and over because you place that desire in our hearts to serve you. And Lord, I pray today that we'd all be just a little bit more aware of what this really means, what we're stepping into. But ultimately, Lord, it's, it's our invitation. 
Holy Spirit, please, sir, would you use us for your glory? Holy Spirit, would you do the work deep on the inside of our hearts that gets us where we need to get so that we can do what you've called us to do? Only as you work in us can you really genuinely work through us. Father, may we have the, just the wisdom, just the balance, the roundedness, to be able to cope with the, with the increases in pressure, that might, heat that might come with this. No one said it was going to be easy. Jesus didn't say, tuck yourself away in holy huddles and pray nice, cute, sweet prayers and, and smell rosebuds and petals and, and drink hot chocolate and everything will be wonderful. Lord, you've invited us into a journey, into a fight of faith, into a spiritual battle with a genuine enemy. Lord, as we respond today, Lord, we want to declare we're up for it. We're on your team. We're signed up. I want to pray again, Lord, those words. Lord, use us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, the plan is what we're going to do is uh, we're going to sing a response song in a second. Um, we do have an area at the back there. We're using the back at the moment. If you'd like someone to pray for you, um, whether it's you know, related to something in this you know, message this morning, or maybe there's just something on your heart, that a burden that you just love to be shot of today so you can go home floating on clouds, then, then please go to the back. Our, our ministry team would be delighted to pray for you. We do also like to just encourage people, if they're feeling bold, you know, maybe you want to pray that prayer fresh day. Maybe you've never really prayed that prayer. And if today you're feeling urged and moved to pray it, maybe specifically, maybe generally, then I encourage you to come to the front over here to this area, and then you can pray that big, bold, brazen prayer, dangerous prayer before the Lord this morning. Just be warned. He is prone to answering those prayers.